Greetings, listeners. Hello, everybody. Happy day after day after Boxing Day. Yeah. If you don't know what Boxing Day is, Boxing Day is the 26th of December. Yep. Day after Christmas. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> How was your Christmas, Topher? Oh, never better, mate. Yeah? What'd you get up to? You know, family and stuff. Nah. Yeah, that's a shame. That old yeah. chestnut. <laughs> uh, did you get to any movies, though? Uh, well, not on Christmas Day, I didn't. Well, no. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we did get to a movie this week. We sure did. As you might have gathered from the title of this episode, we got to The Florida Project. That's right. I am really, I really can't wait to talk to you about this. Because uh, as we've said before, our rule of the show is that we don't talk about this beforehand. The only thing I know about your opinion is that you suspect our opinions are different. Which means that you either loved it and think I hated it, or you hated it and think I loved it. And I can't wait to hear... Which one it is. I did say that was a total guess, though. I actually really had no read on what you would think of this yep. movie. Okay, all right. Well, Who I mean, wants to go first? I'll show you mine if you I'm show me I'm just going to dive right And honestly, I know that we usually leave this to the end, but in this case, I'm, I'm going to have to give my opinion of it up front because I don't think there's a way for me to talk about it in separation from that. I bloody loved every second of this movie. It is absolutely hands down one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. Do you want to know what I think? Yeah, I do. Really, really liked it. Oh, so you thought I'd hate this movie. No, I didn't. I was just like, well, what are the odds that we both really like something that is considered an awards season thing where you're normally like, no, it's not enough explosions. (laughs) That's not true. That is doing you a complete disservice. That's completely untrue. um, Actually, my favourite movies of all time are all indie, very slow burning. And this is... Just such an amazing film. But this isn't and even like, this isn't even a slow burn. It's like action packed, but not oh, with, but not with what we think of this as action. Is, this is the most real film I've ever ever seen. That it very much fits in with that kind of Italian neo realism style of film, where it is so in your face reality, and it's not even like it's not our reality, but it is it is just real. Like there's nothing about it that feels. Fake. Every second of this movie was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So Tangerine director Sean yeah. Baker made the Florida Project. Yeah, Tangerine which was entirely shot on iPhone. So I actually know nothing about Tangerine other than it's that movie that was shot on an iPhone. Right. So again, it's I believe it's very in a similar style to this. That I believe is about transgender people. Um, and the whole thing was shot on three iPhones. Uh, and I actually haven't seen it either. But after seeing this, I, I want to go and watch all of Sean Baker's work because mm. this movie, if all of his movies are at this caliber, then ugh, I'm I'm in. Like, and can I give can I give a shout out real early to the cinematography in the Florida Project? Oh my because God, normally it's beautiful. And and for him going from shooting on iPhones to shooting on 35 mil film, and the cinematography is amazing. Like I read an interview with him where he was saying that he wanted every frame to look like a photograph. And it's, the composition is beautiful. The use of depth of field, the use of natural light, it is stunning. And normally, like, I'm... Not that I'm against handheld photography, but there's plenty of times in movies where I'm like, just put the thing on the tripod, mm. would you? Like, this doesn't need to be handheld. But, of course, in something like this... And, I mean, there is plenty of times where the, where the camera's yeah, on the stick. Yeah, they actually blended it really well in this. Yeah. Sometimes it's quite noticeable and jarring when it goes from sticks to that kind of more... Handheld life, but of course the handheld works so well. You've got these kids rampaging about the projects in Orlando. It's absolutely like, of course, you need to be with them. Well, that's putting you in. That was one of the first things. Apart from, you know, obviously there are times where you know you might be seeing things from Willem Dafoe's perspective. Other than that, the camera is usually quite low to the ground. It's usually at around a children's eye height. Even it's that real ET sort of thing, yeah, where the camera invariably 
you are you're down with the kids, and that means that some like in like what Spielberg did with ET. Yeah. Sometimes you can have adult characters just being cut off at the waist. Absolutely. They they've done a really good job of yep. just putting you down because this whole movie is about childhood. Really, it's a it's about. It's about the setting and stuff. And a lot of the critique I've seen of this movie is, oh, it doesn't have a plot. It doesn't... I, that's bullshit. This has more than enough plot. But it's it's not even about the story. It's, a, it's about, you know, the feeling of being a child and not being in control and taking control of what you can. Even, to me, even that's the story for the adults as well, you know. So I guess we'll get into the... So let's, let's just say what the plot of this movie is. Oh, it's, see, I'm with the people that, like... I don't think it's a bad thing that there's barely a plot because that's not what the movie's about. It's not about it, but let's, you know, what this movie is about, it's about a uh, group of children, in particular one six-year-old girl named Mooney, who... Played by the stonkingly good Brooklyn Prince. Who was... uh, I mean, people have been raving about Willem Dafoe, who we'll get to, but this girl deserves so much praise. Unbelievable. So much praise. Um, She was just incredible. What a... She's just but, hysterical. But all, all the child actors, her friend Jancy as well. Fantastic. And they, they were all wonderful. Just absolutely wonderful. She's got a lot, one of her, one of her early lines where she's trying to convince someone to let this character's grandchild come out and play with her. Yeah. And she yells out, "Don't worry, your kid's safe with me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even just, you know, I've got a kid, and even the like. I mean, obviously, the actors are children, so they they do act like real children. Even the way they walk and the way they stand and kind of sway on the spot sometimes, and hands on hips. It's like, oh my, like it is so true to life. You know, I'd I'd love to know how much. How much of it is scripted and how much is uh, all right? We've cast the I right kids. To, I tried to just, Google that. Just let them go. I know that um, Sean Baker was, you know, very supportive of improvisation, but obviously there was a, a basis of a script. And if this film doesn't get at least nominated for best original screenplay, I'm 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 done with the Oscars. <laughs> Fuck the Oscars, because th- again, like, <laughs> the amount of time taken to write something that seems this real, like you would think it would be easier to write something that's this real, but like if it is, why why isn't everyone writing something that is this real? Because there's scenes where like I, I'd put money on it that that's just Brooklyn Prince being yeah, let off the leash. Well, where, the you know that scene in the where they're having lunch at the. The, yes. like the country club and, and she's and just, just there it's just a, it's just a face. shot of her and sometimes she even moves out of proper framing yeah. because they've just gone alright stuff it and just, the aperture is so high at that point that she's, she's moving it out, out of focus. focus but you don't care no she's wonderful <laughs> she's just wonderful and uh, as I said all the actors you know the child who played Jancy wasn't even an actor Sean Baker saw her and her mum in a target and just approached them and said I think I, think I want her in my movie which is kind of creepy Sean Baker <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the acting across the board is is great. But just I know we're just rambling about how good this movie is. But anyway, so it's about this group of children, um, you know, around six years old, living in poverty, uh, just outside of the Walt Disney World Resort, and it's about and that's absolutely key to the film. Oh, they yeah. live. Mooney lives in a hotel called the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom. Her friend lives in Futureland. Is it? Yes. And yeah. the whole thing is this depressing reflection of the happiness that you know is just up the road and yet is completely out of sight and completely unattainable to these people. They're living in a completely different world. But even though it's about pop, there's also this, you know, there's lots of, you know, the, the color palette in this film, there's lots of very soft muted pastels. It's very kind of the whole, the way it's shot even has a really kind of magical sense to it. Even when these kids are kind of, just walking and you'll just have this big wide shot and you'll have like you know a a disney world 
tourist souvenir shop in the and it just yeah there's there's capitalism it's like it's so jarring because they're in poverty they're living in this and they're surrounded town. by yeah. this really cheap capitalism but yeah. because they're kids they can kind of find the magic in it when they're yeah. when they're off the leash yeah. it's it's just it's just absolutely wonderful um, the other actors in this film her mother Haley who I thought was absolutely brilliant too again no acting experience she was an Instagram model that Sean Baker just stumbled whatever that on is Instagram. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really you know so and he just messaged her and was like hey do you want to be in a movie and, and again she had like six months of acting classes or something before the movie and, and that was her only acting experience and like talk about putting being dropped in the deep end like most of her scenes she's either oh, acting opposite her very emotional her six year old you know, her daughter in the film, Mooney, yeah. who, of course, is a six-year-old and probably is not always on script. Yeah. So either you're dealing with having to react to and just improvising a bunch of that, I assume, or when she's not acting opposite Brooklyn Prince, she's up against Willem freaking Defoe. <laughs> yeah. Like, the opportunity yeah. to look terrible yeah. is there. Yeah. And she totally holds her own. Oh, she does. And apparently, you know, she was so concerned about the... You know, because... She plays a literal pile of human trash in this film. Like, she is a literal... The trash bag of people. And she was so concerned about that that between takes, she was really apparently trying to be quite mothering to the child actors in this film just so that they knew that she was actually a decent person. Yeah. So, you know, and... And, and Haley, So Haley, the... The mum. Yeah. I mean, Haley's not a bad person. That's the wonderful thing about this film. No one's a bad person. No one's... Even Willem Dafoe isn't a hero in this movie. You know, he never has that big heroic moment where he, you know... Sort of. When he, chase, the, when he when chases, he chases off the sex the pedophile. pest. Yeah. But even... The, you know, I'm so glad he finally did that. Because at first I'm like, Willem, what the fuck are you doing? Are you literally going to get this man a soda and just get him off your, off your premises? Like, call the fucking police. <laughs> and I was so glad that moment when he just tackled that guy, grabbed his wallet. You know, like, you look at the end of the film... You know, there's this big emotional moment where what happens in the end, as you know, is coming the entire time because she's in this awful situation is that Mooney is going to be taken away by child services and Willem Dafoe just goes downstairs for a smoke. <laughs> like, and he has the best line in the film at that point where, you know, it, everything's kind of always falling apart at this hotel and he goes down and he's outside the washers and dryers and he's sitting there having a smoke upstairs. So we, let's just point services. out that Willem Dafoe is, is the care, the he's manager, the, he, the yeah, caretaker the manager of, of the, the hotel. hotel. And upstairs you can hear child services trying to take Mooney away and she's crying and screaming for her mother. Her, her mother Haley is losing her shit and just throwing stuff around. And Willem Dafoe just looks at this woman and he says, I'm, I'm going to fix that washer next week. And this woman doesn't even care. But, you know, to him, it's something that he can do. Like, he can't, you know, he's al- it's almost like watching a teacher in a struggling bad school, you know. Like, he's trying to help these people, but there's only so much he can do. And that, you know, fixing the washer to him, is like it's like the one thing he can do. And that was such a... That, that just broke my heart. Like, you know, he deserves an Oscar just for that line, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Well, there, I mean, plenty of buzz that Willem Dafoe will win Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, and I think that's deserved. I'd be, I'd be completely comfortable with that. There might, and we haven't, we haven't. There's other films that haven't we should point come out, out that yet. if you can't tell from our great accents, mate, we're from the Great Down Under. So <laughs> stuff we, takes two years to get exactly, to Australia. So we don't get Ladybird till the New Year. We don't get three billboards outside Epic yeah, Missouri. So we can't. We don't know so. yet how good Sam Rockwell is in three billboards. Yeah, who's in the conversation in award yeah. season. But like, even if if there is a better performance out there, but Willem Dafoe wins for this as kind of the, look, we want, it's, we Will, want Willem Dafoe needs an Oscar. Yeah. And this is what he wins for. I'm not going to lose sleep over it because he is fantastic. 
Oh, he is. I mean, as as I said, every performance in this film is so heavily based in reality, and not just the performances, but the characters themselves. The way the way they're written, the way they're constructed. I absolutely love that this movie is such a slice of life that it literally fits in. You know, the space of however long you don't actually know how long it is a week or two maybe a month you literally don't know but you get zero backstory you don't know anything about Mooney's father you don't know why Haley is the way she is you don't know what happened in her life and it doesn't matter because it's not about these characters pasts it's about the situation that they're in in this present point in time and the kind of struggles that they're going through. And I, well, ju- I just absolutely love that. Yeah, and, and Willem Dafoe's character, like plenty of other things in this film, it works by himself, but it's also representative of a, of a large thing. Like, Willem Dafoe kind I of would, is... I would watch a 10-episode Netflix series just of Willem Dafoe's character shooing away cranes. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he's essentially... Like, I mean, Willem Dafoe in the movie is kind of middle middle america he's the working like yeah he's got a boss who rides him who himself does absolutely nothing he's a good-hearted dude who tries to do the right thing by others but then there are times where it's just like jesus i give up well that um, as i said he's almost like he's totally up against it there's a because he 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 does care about the people that are staying there you know he knows what a bad situation they must be in to be living in this awful cheap hotel and they are actually living there there's there's this moment in the movie where you know due to laws they're not people in this hotel aren't allowed to actually live there so once a month he has to kick them out and send them to another hotel just so that they can spend one night somewhere else and he cares so much that this other hotel is refusing entry to Mooney and Haley because you know and like Haley's if Haley rocked awful. up at your hotel you wouldn't want her there no that's right but he actually goes over there and puts money out of his own pocket to try and let the hotel you know make the hotel let her stay there so he, he genuinely cares about these people in the hotel. And it's not because he wants anything from them. Like, he, you know, he just genuinely cares about these people. I really do like the amount of things in this film that work as representations of other things. Mm. I mean, obviously, Disney World, the ultimate kind of happiness. This yeah, un- this unatta- you, it's present throughout the whole movie, but it's not... It's sitting there like the American dream. Yeah. It's there, but these people are never going to get it. No, In that's fact, the they're never even going to see it. That's the thing. At one point in the film, Haley. So Haley doesn't have a job. You know, she used to be a, a stripper and she got fired from that. She's, you know, she just can't hold down a job. So she takes to either stealing or, you know, buying items at a reduced rate and just kind of hawking them. And at one point she steals four Disney World tickets. And even at that point, instead of, you know, giving them to her kid or something, she hawks them straight up hawks them for like half the price of what less than half the price of what they're worth but it doesn't matter to her because she she just wants the money you know mm. like and it's never this question of it's it's just Disney World is just there and present throughout this whole film but it's never a thing mm. <laughs> like yeah then so much even even aside from the places they live that are these depressing echoes of Disney World you know there's one point where the kids are walking along and they walk past Prince Street and yeah. Prince Street is a dirt road going to or from yeah. nowhere <laughs> it's a, yeah they very commonly actually just show you glimpses of street signs in this movie that all have these kind of magical names but all the settings in this film are just beautiful and very symbolic there's this great moment in this scene in this film where um mooney and her friend jancy are out sitting on this tree that's fallen over this giant huge tree and mooney just says this is my favorite tree because even though it's been tipped over it's still growing and it's like oh 
fuck, Mooney. Oh, God, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> like, you just... Oh, God. And and you know from the start that nothing is going to work out for these people. Like, you know that no, it's not yeah, going to have a happy the film, you Yeah, that's one of the great things about the film, actually, is that you know really early on that it's not your typical scripted story. They're no. not going to... Which is not going to be a magic everyone. bullet that gets them out of this yeah. place. It's just... This is what it is, guys. Yeah. Which isn't going to work for everyone. I know four other people who have seen this film. Three of them absolutely hated it. Couldn't stand a second of it. Thought the performances were good. As I mean, how could you argue any differently? But hated the movie. They they didn't like it. Had no plot. It was just depressing, and it's just awful people doing awful things. And they, it's like I just feel like they're kind of missing the point a little bit because it was. This is a near perfect movie for me. Like it was just. But that's also a good thing. Like I mean, we mentioned this with Killing the Sacred Deer, and we mentioned Mother as well. Exactly. It's a really good thing that movies like this are being made. Yeah. We see so many five out of tens. Yeah. Come out. That yeah. something that some people are going to give a love, 10, some people are going to give a zero. <laughs> the price you pay for some people absolutely loving it is that a bunch of people really won't. That's a really good thing. Yeah, it is, it is because it's interesting and it's different and it's new and it's just wonderful that this movie got made and got released. You know, yeah. and I uh, did a twenty four also distribute Killing the Sacred Deer. I think they did. I mean, a, props to a twenty four. Like they're putting out some interesting movie as much as obviously there's actors and directors and that kind of thing you're like oh yeah that's that i'll go see it if a film has a24 on it because i'll go see it because somebody has to do it you know like props to these directors and writers for making these movies but if a company isn't out there to distribute it no one's gonna see it going back to the realism in this movie did you pay any attention to the soundtrack uh i was i was listening more to the sound design than the soundtrack Right, because there is no soundtrack. Well, that's probably why. There is... The only time an actual song plays is at the start for the opening credits, the end for the closing credits, and in between during the duration of this movie... I suppose there's times where you hear the the radio. Yeah, or or Hayley playing music through an iPhone. That's the only time you hear music is when it's like muffled through an iPhone as if someone's actually listening to it. There's no kind of overlaid orchestral score or anything. It's just... just, It just really helps plant you in this real world that these people are in. And it's genius. One thing that, that I thought of with the way this film's shot, with these often really wide lenses, bright, these Mm. pastel colours all around and stuff, big sunlit shots. It's really reminiscent of a lot of 90s film clips. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I actually last night for the first time watched Baby Driver, which I'm sure you've seen. The whole movie is basically a film clip. And yet, yeah, I agree with you. I I found this movie, Florida Project, to be more reminiscent of a film clip than I did Baby Driver. You know, the pacing and the timing in this movie... Was you know like yeah in some like you said at the start there is a lot of action but it's also really slow paced there's there's a lot of kind of moments of just nothing happening in between time to breathe and this movie just allows you to feel exactly what you're meant to feel when you're meant to feel it like did did you cry in this movie I did not but I'm a soulless bastard I. I cried like a little girl with a skin knee at the end. And you cried just... in Justice League, though. <laughs> I mean, I wept in Justice League, but for different reasons. That was because you didn't have a beard. Um, yeah, I like I I cried, and looking around, my, my entire cinema cried. I heard audible gasps at times. Yeah, um, and it was just I don't remember the last well actually I, I do. It's kind of embarrassing. The last time I cried in a, in a movie was Passengers. Um, but I have uh, no words. <laughs> well, I was having a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take a lot for you in a movie, though, does it? But I just thought that yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. So Billy, when family services do turn up in this film eventually, as 
you're kind of expecting at some point this has got to happen. Mm. It was your heart with, oh, but, you know, Haley's she's not a bad person, let her keep her kid. Or were you like, oh, thank God, get I mean, Mooney it's, it's, away from it's this. It's absolutely torn. And I believe that that's, what, that's part of the message of this movie and what it's trying to show is that everybody has their own journey and who gets to decide what's... You know, like, I mean, yeah, Haley. like I said, she's literally a trash bag, but she also loves and and does care about Mooney. Like, she might not always be watching what she's doing. and she, In fact, not often. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, there are plenty of moments in this film where you do see that she genuinely does care. You know, she's, mm. not, she's not letting Mooney starve. She's not... Like, she, in certain ways, she does care about her, but... Yeah, it it was a really tearing moment because in some ways, obviously, you want Mooney to have a good life and get away, but you also know that that's not necessarily what the foster care system is. So it's um, it, yeah, it is a really strong part of that whole family mm, portrait kind of thing. Is that yeah. like if you you know full well that if you came across uh, Haley on the street, you'd be yeah. like, get away from me and sort your shit out. Yeah, you train wreck of a human being. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's fact, nice that we. Uh, I mean, one of the great things that film and storytelling can do is to just plonk you somewhere. Yeah, and, and in fact, yeah. So, talking about uh, you know, if you saw Haley on the street, and and going back to about how much was improvised, there are a number of scenes in this film where Haley, you know, goes to like an outlet store, buys a bunch of perfume, goes to one of the nicer hotels, and tries to hawk it out the front. So those scenes were fully improvised. They were real people. Oh, really? So the way Sean Baker wanted to do it was to actually hide in bushes and stuff, film with a long lens, you know, lapel mic on, on Haley, and just actually have this woman approaching real people trying to sell perfume. And then the crew had to run up to these people and afterwards get them to get to them to sign, sign off. Release. So all of those reactions that you see in the movie are real. That's genuine people reacting to this kind of trashy girl. How trying many to sell do you reckon perfume? they had to shoot? Oh, God. Because I reckon... surely most people, because actually in the film, they have a pretty good strike rate. But surely most people are like, get away from me. But in, I mean, would you? Because it's it's not. Yeah, I'd get in the car. You give to a lot of charities. You wouldn't see it as almost. If you saw this woman that was completely trashy with a child, mind you, trying to sell perfume, and it's obvious that this is their living. Yeah, but I give to people on other continents to absolve my white guilt. I don't. (laughs) I don't want to see it. (laughs) I don't don't know, man. I I think I would probably, especially maybe it's because I have a child and I would worry about her welfare. But I would, I would, I would buy one. If I, you know, and think about it, you're a tourist, you're staying at this nice hotel, you're probably there to take your family to Disney World and you see this trashy woman with her kids. Yeah, but then there's also, the flip side of that is that you are there specifically for escapism. I gotta say, because I went to Disneyland a couple of years ago and it is it is kind of confronting the amount of homeless people that are just kind of around. I don't know, I think I would probably buy a box of perfume. Well, you're better than me. <laughs> In so many ways. But let's not let's say that for another day. <laughs> now, can I ask you what your thoughts on the ending were? Because the ending, from what I've read, is the most d- divisive part of this film where people either love it or hate I it. I loved the ending. Me too. Overwhelmingly, what I saw on the internet is people 
hated the ending. Even if they loved the rest of this film, yeah, they hated that break. I, you know what it actually weirdly what it reminded me of. Well, I mean, let's just let's just tell people what the ending is. I mean, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've actually seen the movie. But in case you haven't, and like, it's not Star Wars. It's, it's, like, it's not Star Wars. Spoilers aren't that important. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, the film ends uh, with child services coming to take Mooney away. Mooney runs. She goes to her friend Jancy's place next door and she's just sitting there sobbing and that is when I that's when I cried. There's this close up shot of Mooney's face. And this child See, crying, I actually found that her least convincing oh. and I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna dump on a six year old for not <laughs> for not giving the you, greatest crying I, scene. I'm just gonna call it because you've never had a child, because that that's how children cry. A lot of the time it is so Yeah, for over me I'm just like, top. Shut up <laughs> A lot of the time it is so over the top that you're like, I oh, quit crying. You <laughs> little crybaby liar. But but, I say it to you if we're watching a movie together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she's standing there crying. And instead, you know, they could have just done like a Sopranos cut to black or something at that point. Because the tr- you know what's going to happen. You know what's happening. There's no escape. Yeah, Mooney's not getting she's away. She's getting taken away by child services. You know that. But the two of them make a break for freedom. Yeah, and it's they, glorious. Jancy takes her hands. They run into Disney World. And I think that the thing that broke it for a lot of people, not only was obviously what was happening, like, you know, this whole fantasy escapism into Disney World, is the actual filming style of the movie changes. So we go into kind of time lapse, like speed up. And it's also all filmed on iPhone from that point. Yeah, the, the, there's this distinct shift with the shutter speed at that point, And we get this really... Yeah, so what that actually is is a shift to iPhone. There have actually been entire films shot like this in the past, and it's a guerrilla filming technique because they don't have permission to film in the Disney park. Yeah, you can't turn up with a 35mm camera. Exactly, so a sneaky way around that is to just shoot it on, on iPhone. And so obviously they kind of did it from that point forward so that it didn't kind of break as soon as they got into yep. Disney World. They, you know, they did it for the couple of shots beforehand. But um, So the choice to not have the Magic Castle in focus is not actually a choice. It's just it's because choice, the phone... It's just because it's you've, got no, what, you've got no choice. The, on the phone, phone is picking what it wants to focus on. Exactly. And that's why it kind of... It does have a very different look to it, the 35mm, because it's probably a different frame rate too. I'm not exactly sure what frame rate the iPhone shoots at, mm. but I don't think you can choose. So yeah, we kind of go into this weird... It, and it almost looks dreamlike because it is so different to the rest of the movie. Yeah. And you, the truth is, I don't... I don't really care whether it's a fantasy or whether they actually did it because you know what's going to happen. One She's going to get taken away. One thing I thought that it reminded me of in terms of how the film, the, like the very, very end of the film, weirdly enough, is that it reminds me of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Like, if you want to, you can decide what happens to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, yep, they right. jump the fence, they break into Disney World, and yeah, they live happily, they live ever, happily after. ever after. Or That's... you can say, that was totally a fantasy and she's gotten taken yeah, away. Yeah, two steps later, someone yeah. grabbed him. Yeah, it's totally up to you. I, I agree with that. It was just... I, I love the ending. And I guess I, I can understand why there are people out there who don't like this movie. Because as I said, it's not for everyone. But if you haven't seen it yet, please go and give it a go. Because from what I've seen this year, I don't think you'll see a better movie this year. Like, it is groundbreaking and I hope I hope that A24 or whoever just continues to let Sean Baker do whatever the hell he wants to do because if this is what he does I want to see more of it yeah so another film where we're in lockstep yeah dis- well, disappointingly I guess I guess we have to give our rating what did you rate this movie I'm an 8 out of 10 an 8 really liked it this was a 10 this was hands down a 10 for me there is so little to floor in this movie. In fact, I don't even think I can think of a single thing to floor it on. This this was just 
you know, I, I would watch this again and again and again, you know, like there have been other movies that I've really, really loved this year and that I would probably put in my top five that I might, I might not ever watch again, Yep. but I love them. But this, I, I would wholeheartedly recommend this to any person and just, it's, it's just amazing. I, I can't, I can't say that enough. I know I'm just <laughs> rambling about how good this movie is, but it is a fucking good movie. Stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> When we were talking about Casablanca and you, mm-hmm. you asked me, would I recommend this to Joe Blow Off the Street? Yeah. Is The Florida Project a film for Joe Blow Off the Street? You know what? That's a really tricky question. The truth is, I, I don't care. I think that this is such a good movie that I'm go, I'm going to have to say it's for everyone. Because I think there are well, so Well, other than the people you know already who <laughs> made it. <laughs> I mean, there are, so, there are so many beautiful messages in this movie that even if you are going to hate it, I think it's worth a watch because... It's, it's different. You won't see anything like this this year or for the past five years. Yeah, it does like, work so well on the level that it's such a great personal film, but there's also these larger critiques in it about, yeah, about the society, country that it's set about, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a couple in front of me who at the end of the... And they looked like this was this was their date movie. Yeah, when not they, a great date movie. When they got up and walked out, they didn't look impressed. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, like I said, that's all right. Yeah, that's totally fine. Even if you hate this movie, go watch it. And if if you hate it, email us and let us know. Because I I, I would love to have a further discussion with people who hate it about what they didn't like about it. Because I like that as well. Like I, I don't care. I don't need you to agree with me. So if even if you hated it, email us at bearsonfilmmailbag at gmail.com. That is the address. That's the address. You can find us at bearsonfilm.net. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere that you can rate podcasts. And we're now available on Spotify as well. So if that's your kind of audio of choice, go check us out there. Yeah, and if you're looking for more things to listen to, I can recommend our friends at Nerd On, the podcast. Really great, funny dudes. Um, just have some great things to say. And you can find them at nerdonthepodcast.com. Good talking with you, Billy. Great talking with you, Topher. Happy movie watching, everyone. Gotcha. Gotcha.